there are some of my friends managing a stall at Resonate right now, which is on oh, the yeah. SEC. Yeah. Uh, they are currently arguing on our uh, group chat about the shame of people because they're right next to the booth that sells body pillows. Oh, wow. And they're like arguing amongst themselves about whether or not it's better because they've seen people like go up and buy like just the cases and like stuff them in their bag so that no one can see it mm-hmm. but then they've just seen motherfuckers walk up and get the whole thing and walk around with their body pillow oh. and they don't know what's better oh like, mm, height mm, yeah i'll tell you my experience of doing that when i uh when i was bringing gift i was trying to buy gifts from from japan to bring back to people and mm-hmm. my mate who was a big massive anime person it just so we went to uh comiket which is like the big um yes manga convention in big mm-hmm. site in tokyo and um went around the stalls there and one of the stalls was there i later discovered was a massive h game um distributor lovely kind of, began with it oh i can't remember which one it was but i was up there and i noticed one of the characters was one that he had mentioned before and there was a full-on body pillow and i was like i need to get this for like i can't not get this for him <laughs> to buy him a body pillow um and i did exactly the same thing i found the thing i tried to say which one i wanted i got it back i paid for it and then immediately shoved it in my bag and put it as low to the bottom as like when i was packing to come home it was like the first thing in my case so that everything was on top of it so that if anything got opened up i didn't have to explain that at customs yeah any of that shit they're now (laughs) so i just messaged them and said like i mean if you're buying a body pillow in public you have to have no shame right and he messaged back saying you could do it in private and no one would ever know it except for your mum when she has to wash the stains out of it. Ah, and now, yeah. yeah. But now, this is the thing I don't get is that do people actually fuck body pillows or There's... is it just there as like a nice thing to like hug or whatever? No, they're... Both, both can be true. <laughs> oh, that's a shame. There's... Let, me, let me point you to some subreddits you might be interested in. <laughs> oh god, please no. <laughs> It's the 23rd of October 2018 and this is the Game Engine Start Podcast. My name is Ewan. My name is Callum. And welcome everyone to our spooky Halloween oh, no. episode. <laughs> because we're not going to do it. one closer to Halloween. Are we not? Oh no, we're not. You're right. Um, <laughs> I have lost all concept of how time works. It's ridiculous. Um, In what way? <laughs> just overworking and yeah, just not welcome. seeing the sun. Yeah, it happens. Like, yeah. but the, so the weird one was like, I was um, trying to arrange our D&D group for next week and mm. we, had to, we had to move. Oh, do you have, do you have that fun responsibility? No, I'm not, in, I'm not in charge. People, they were just oh, asking okay. like, hey, are we all good for next week? Um, and right. people can make the Wednesday that we normally do. So we're like, oh, it's cool. We'll do the Thursday. And then like yesterday I was saying, I was saying to my wife, I was like, oh yeah, I'm D&D on Thursday, not Wednesday next week. And she was like, Thursday? Like, yeah. I said, your birthday. I was like, oh yeah. Shit, right, yeah, can't do that. That's a good, that's, that's a good way to spend... No but, we already, no, but we already have plans on the Thursday with the uh, right, okay. It's like, oh, sure. shit, right. So I, I texted on the, the group chat, I was like, hey, so I said I could do Thursday, but I actually can't do it because I forgot about my own birthday and just got yeah. ripped the shit out of because it was like, I mean, yeah, you're so old, you forgot your own birthday. Yes, it happens. Yes. 
Um, but yeah, like I don't like. Do you have Halloween plans? Have you ever had Halloween plans? No. Okay. <laughs> I don't. I don't ever do Halloween stuff. I've not dressed up since I was a kid. Like it's just yeah. Easier. It is. I like. I'll, I'll like. I'll like watch maybe like a couple of scary movies and stuff. But right. not. I never like go out to parties or whatever. Sure. I just just don't get it. Yeah, I think I'm the same. I think the last time I went out was like that was like ten years ago or something like that, and we didn't even dress mm-hmm. up as like fucking zombies and whatever. It was like we just dressed up. Like, we all put on shirts and ties and shit and went oh, out for... Oh, like mice? Yeah. And then, no, I, I don't even think it was... Yeah, we just dressed up nice and just sat in a bar somewhere in Glasgow and, and drank and watched everyone... That's not bad. ...fall yeah. over themselves. Um, that was the... That was the night of the... The Shrek gingerbread man, which has never left my brain. Oh, that's good. <laughs> which was the... Just sitting... I can't remember which bar it was. One of the bars on Suckey Hill Street that had, like, a glass window mm. right next to seats that looked straight out into Suckey Hill Street on... New, on Halloween, so you saw some sights, and I was a number of dr- drinks deep, and just a number, the, some number of drinks. some number of drinks, and just the gingerbread man from Shrek walked by, and he was far too thin to have a man inside that suit. Like it was just the gingerbread man. I could not, for the life of me, figure out how that was a human being. Oh, and it was sure. huge. Like he was, he was like seven and a half foot. It was. It was one of those moments where I woke up the next day, remembered that, and I was like, did that actually happen? Did was that, that yeah. a thing that my brain conjured from nothing? You couldn't but, have been that drunk. No, as I wasn't. To imagine, as to imagine the gingerbread man from Shrek. That's just too specific. It was one of those moments where I felt like putting my drink down, running outside and going, how? How? <laughs> how, are, how are you doing this? Um, yeah. Um, and there was, there was him and I saw a guy, or I don't know who was in the suit, if anyone. And then there was a guy who was done as the, I don't know, characters, but like the traditional paladin from WoW. Sure. And he had like... There's, a, like, there's, like, there's like six people he could be. It, it was like a like long blue and white tunic and um, beard. I can't remember. Anyway, but he had like... He had a like a wire thing in his head that had a health and level bar above his head. And I thought that was oh, pretty excellent. good. That's that was smart. Yeah. that was not bad. Yeah. Mm. But I'll be in New York for Halloween this year. So. Oh um, sure. Oh, that'll be even worse. What are you talking about? That's... Yeah, apparently, there's a parade. Oh, good. That'll be know. fun. Yeah. So we'll we'll see. But we won't be part of it. But yeah. We'll I, really I, see I, it. One of my one of my friends last night. Uh, we were sitting playing Monster Hunter and she said, oh, I've got a party to go to, like a Halloween party to go to tonight. Mm. I was like, oh, what are you going to go as? And she's like, well, I don't know, but I have this cat Kigurumi, so I'm probably going to go as a cat. Oh, wow. So she's basically just wearing pyjamas to a party, yeah. uh-huh. which is pretty cool, I think. That's a great way of doing it, yeah. Yeah. That's a very low... Just put, put, like, put like, no thought or effort into it. It's just like, I'm just going to wear a Kigurumi and say that I'm a cat. That's... For sure. For yeah. sure. Is there, a, is there a subtle difference between a Kigurumi and a onesie, or are they basically the same? I, th- I, th- I think Kigurumis are like... I think they have... I don't think they strictly have to be animal-based, but they right. are like mostly animal-based. Animal based. Okay. Yeah. Whereas onesies can just be like plain... Fucking or, Iron Man. Or Iron Man, or whatever you want. Yeah. Spider-Man onesie. Yeah. Ugh. Little flap in the back. I, I, I can't. I can't determine if I'd want one or not. I bet you they're super I kind, comfy. I kind of do. The problem is that I don't think we could find one that fits our That's weird bodies. Also but, true. That is very yeah. true. Because the problem is, like, you want one that is going to fit us height wise, and it's going to be for like four XL. Like, yeah, yeah. So it's going to be, be like wearing a fucking parachute or something. Exactly. Like that. Yeah. Ugh. 
Ah, I'll find once I there will be one I will find, and I'm like I have to have this regardless, and then yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll cut I'll cut the feet holes out and turn it into shorts or something. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Oh, that's a. I just had that thought in my head, and that's a really creepy onesie thought, with actually. shorts. That's... Onesie, onesie with like just bare legs poking out the bottom of it. That's ugh. yeah, no. Um, but yes, did you do play any creepy video games, or was it just video games in general? Uh, not strictly speaking, creepy video games. Just well, like you were playing Monster games. Hunter World, which is terrifying. I mean, so. I mean, but Monster Hunter World. The reason I was playing Monster Hunter World was because they they had a new event released where you could get. Uh, tickets to make armor for your palico to make it look like Mega Man. So I did oh, that. So the most traditional of Halloween events. Yeah, yeah. It's fucking, it's fucking great. I did the Halloween event for Monster Hunter last week. It was fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you did. This, they did this event that was just like you have to go to the arena and fight two monsters, and you get tickets. Then your cat turns into Mega Man. That's great. Like feel, it's fantastic. Like, just the face poking out, and that's it. No, no, it's like um, it's like the armor. It transforms your cat into like a weird sort of like three D, but pixely. It's like Minecraft kind of like pixely three D version of Mega Man. Oh, weird. you get a weapon ah. that's the Mega Buster, and if you get if you get the whole set of armor with the Mega Buster when he runs around, he does the little bleep 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 that Mega Man does oh, when he right, runs, right. and it's great. Ah. Oh, it's so good. I was so funny. How- and when you go out on when you go out on quests, he does like the the teleport start noise at the start of a stage it's pretty good oh sure okay like how if you've seen i suppose you don't see a lot of other like non people that are not in your group in that game like there's no real central like runabout there is yeah oh is there okay yeah there's the the gathering hub that's at the very top so does everyone in that game at this point just look fucking ridiculous yeah with all of these like ryu with a Mega Man cat and we don't have we don't have ryu yet unfortunately i wish we had ryu Oh, is that we, like a US exclusive thing or something? Well, it's like, it's only on the consoles right now. Like all this stuff oh. that they're doing now for the PC stuff is like the slow run out of all the stuff the consoles got. But oh, for PC, wow. okay, sure. I, mean, um, I suppose it's so we got Mega Man, right? Okay. Uh, we need to get Ryu. We need to get Dante, and we need to get the Final Fantasy stuff as the stuff that we're missing. Oh, right. Yeah, the Final Fantasy stuff. I forgot about that. Because the, the Final Fantasy stuff also includes, like, an actual difficult boss fight, which I'm really excited oh, for. Cool. okay. Because um, you have to fight a behemoth, and actual apparently content. that's, like... Yeah, that's actually apparently very hard, but I don't know yet. Sure. We'll find out. But yeah, I've got my, my Palco, and it looks like Mega Man, and I don't think he'll ever change his armor ever now. <laughs> it's great. I need, I'll need a picture of that at some point. Yeah, I'll, um, I'll get you a picture of it. Still enjoying that game? Yeah, that game's great. That game's fantastic. It's so much fun to just sit and kill some stuff or like if you want to go like proper high level get a group together with your friends and like actually hunt like tempered elder dragons or whatever the fuck you want to fight it's good tempered elder dragons yeah they drop <laughs> special ingredients that you need for special things that you can do to your weapons so you- is it like the thing the thing going into that game that i said where i thought it was just a thing where you do things to make numbers bigger to then fight big things it's totally true right. the way that they do it is so like varied they have so many systems that are all like playing off of each other and yeah and huh. the combat's actually fun so it's okay yeah. that's actually that's actually more interesting than i expected it to be I expected it to just be this kind of number like yeah like you said like the numbers is going up constantly yeah but no, no, no it's that. like the fights are actually legitimately difficult okay. you actually have to think about what you're doing cool i've um, got a lot i've got i've got a great sword that has a fucking jet on the back it's great right, what do you cool. mean by like a Engine it's jet. Like, a, it like, like it's a huge sword, but yeah, there's like a like a an engine jet on the top of it, so that when you swing it, it goes. Wow! Fires the jet engine as you. It's great. Huh. That's really cool. cool. Yeah, it's awesome. Okay, I appreciate um, that. Games that aren't Monster Hunter. Uh, so, 
really only played two things that I can talk about. So the first thing I've played is Fears of a game called Moonlighter. Oh um, yeah, I've heard of that. Which, which is something that I've wanted to check out for a while because it seems like it would be really interesting to me. So Moonlighter is a dungeon, a procedural dungeon crawler crossed with, if you remember that game, Reseteer from the early 2000s, where it was like a an item shop management game. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. It's that. So you oh. have you have one half of the game which is like procedural procedurally generated dungeon crawling, action combat, that sort of thing. And then the other half, which is a item management sim where you have an item shop that people come into to buy stuff, but you have to like manage prices and manage uh oh, so like you're at, popularity you're actually, and, you're actually managing the shop. Like it's not yeah, just like so you, a... you you play as a as a guy called Will who's taken over the the shop called the Moonlighter, mm-hmm. um, in this in this fantasy realm where e- people are either merchants or heroes, but all can go into these special places called dungeons, which are these like procedurally generated areas okay. to hunt for artifacts. And the heroes are allowed in the super heavy dungeons because that's where all the like technology and things that will further society live. But merchants are allowed in the lower ones because they can get things that they can sell to the heroes to help them. So you have to go into these dungeons to kill things. Like the first set of dungeons is called the Golem Dungeons. So it's all like stone and like giant animate robots with big swords and all that things. When you kill them, you get the things that they drop are like energy cores and like crystals and things that you would expect like a golem to have Mm. that you then sell to the people coming into your shop for them to go and do other things with. Mm. Um, But the... So the, the, the... active dungeon crawling bit of it is uh it's it's simple but it's effective and really really fun where it's like you have two weapons each weapon has two attacks where it's like a normal attack and a charge attack you have a dodge roll that has a an insane amount of invincibility frames on it like it's <laughs> you're basically unhittable the entire time you're rolling and you can roll through people and oh nice okay. make for some cool things that you can do Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, you go through these procedurally generated dungeons that have like different enemy types and different ways to fight things. It's like your standard sort of dungeon crawling um fair where you're like walking through trying to find the edge of the next floor. At the end of three floors with a big boss. Uh the big boss is very difficult, I found last time because I thought I was doing really well. And I was like, oh I'll go see what the boss is like, just got murdered. Mm-hmm. Um so obviously need to then go back to town. Uh, with the things that I found in the dungeon and sell them in my shop, which is again a lot like Reseteer, where it's like you have a display table that you can put things out on, and people will come up to them, and like you can see when someone comes up to an item, they like make a little face where it's like, "Oh, I'm okay with this price," or "This price is stupid," or like, "Oh, right, this is right. actually like super super undercosted for what it is, so I'll buy it immediately." And mm. like, so you have to manage expectation, and you have to manage. Um, supply and demand so they're like every some items have like a very high popularity so if you have a lot of them you can obviously like jack the price up a little bit to kind of because you know people are going to buy them because they're popular sure so you can just like manipulate the market in subtle ways and you can like overprice something to such a degree where someone buys something but they're not happy about it right so it if they buy something they're not happy about it they'll go away and tell other people and that lowers the popularity of an item so you can do a thing where you can purposefully lower the price of or lower the popularity of an item to then stockpile it for sure. when 
is then popular and you can sell it on for massive profit. It's do a really you, smart, you, simple system. But do you get enough information to be able to do that? Like, do you? How, yeah. Do you have like? Absolutely. Here's the here's the current availability of these items. Here's what these things are. Like, we have plenty of so, these. You don't need these. All you all you have are so you have three. You have the th- the four faces that people can make to give you a judge of like the price range that you can set it at. Right. Because you have like one that's like, I'm definitely not buying this. I'm buying it, but I'm not happy about it. That's great, or that's a steal. And that's kind of like the four ranges. You have that range, and you have a indication of the popularity of that item. Right. And that's about it. Okay. So that's all you have. But with that information, you basically have enough to do everything that you need to do. Like it's, you know, that if something if something's super popular, you can slightly overprice it and get a lot more profit. If something's not as popular, you can either stockpile it to sell it when it's more popular later on, or you can sell it at reduced cost. Like there's sure. enough things for where you can do it. Um. Oh. And then you can filter that money back into either the town that you live in itself to like set up things like uh, a blacksmith to help you get better weapons and armor, or like oh, a, okay. an enchanter to help like brew potions that can help you in the dungeon, and your basic sort of idea. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you can also feed it back into the shop itself, where you can get expansions to the shop to do things like you can have a sale counter where you can put one item at a reduced cost but it's definitely going to sell so it's like you you there are a lot of things that you can sit and manipulate within your own shop like you would in a, when you own an actual shop in real of life yeah, yeah. um so you can get that you can get like upgrades to your till that means people are more likely to tip you like there's a whole bunch of stuff huh. that you can upgrade in your shop okay. it's a really simple well thought out really neat idea um that so is, it's really it's really charming i'm quite enjoying playing it it's, is there a, is there an end game like is there a so yeah there's like so the 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 thing that you that spurs you on is that your mentor and the person that owned the moonlighter before you mm. talks about this thing called the fifth dungeon door because in your in the entire town there are four dungeons that are open right and you're this person uh tells you about the fifth dungeon door and will is apparently like super interested in finding out what the fifth door is sure so you have to go through all these dungeons to find the clues to figure out what the fifth door is going on so there is a story behind it um the it's got a fairly typical like um eight bit like new eight bit style but they they do it by they 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 make it slightly different by like animating everything really well Mm. so all the the monster attack animations and movement animations and well himself has like a a whole ton of like frames of animation like his just when he runs you can see like his like his legs and his arms move and it's like hair bobs and like his backpack jingles and stuff so it's not like as simple as just like looking very retro like they've actually put a lot of work into like making it look very dynamic right um and it sounds amazing as well like the soundtrack's great and stuff it's just a really nice little game like it's it's pretty cool, cool. nice is that like consoles and steam at the moment I believe so, yeah. I got okay. it for like £10 or something like that. It's really good. I really like it. Nice. Um, cool. Um, so what have I been up to? Just looking at this. There's a bunch of stuff mm. that I, I'm not ready to talk about yet, I don't think. Mm-hmm. But, um, so if, like, I've been asked about missing a bunch of times by people oh, yeah. who know me. I'm not going to talk about it here because there's a video coming and I'm in the yeah. process of writing a review, which is... I am so out of practice. Holy shit. It's taken yeah. me a week and it's difficult. But um, so all of my thoughts will be in that, basically. Um, 
So and that I game also, seems weird. I game's weird. Um, yeah. I've also started playing the Switch version of World Ends with You. Uh, mm. I'm too early to have coherent thoughts about it yet, but I have I have not heard good things about that game. It is. It's weird. I've seen both. I've seen people going, "This is the best way to play." Like as 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 this is the only way to play World Ends with You not on a DS, it works fine and you get everything you need. Mm-hmm. And then I've had other people say this ruins this game completely. I don't know yet. Um, it significantly changes the control scheme that I was a big fan of for Well, yeah, because it's team. like two screens versus one big screen. Yeah, so, yeah. and like it ruins the... I, I will talk about it another time when I'm, I'm further in to, to definitely confirm that. But like I've only played like an hour and two, a couple hours maybe. And it's like, oh yeah, this is the game I remember. But it's very much not the game I remember. Um, yeah, it's weird. Also the control, like it's, it. remember when the Switch came out and there was a bunch of people going like, oh, I hope like when Mario Maker comes out for the Switch or something like that, like it uses the touchscreen properly, but yeah. Nintendo were very much like, no, it needs to be playable in both docked and undocked mode. Mm-hmm. This game is theoretically playable docked, but is basically impossible to play docked because you are okay. using the Joy-Con as a pointer where you would normally touch the screen. And oh, it that's is weird. Unusable. Um, so yeah, you, you yeah, this is not an option really. And then the yeah. other thing is like, there was a there was a moment where I switched between so I tried it in the dock first and was like I can't play like this. I took it out, I put the Joy Cons back in the Switch, pulled it out, and the touchscreen wasn't working. I was like, okay, so I slipped the Joy Cons out again, and the touchscreen started working. I was like, okay, so I've got it in the mode where it's they're using the touchscreen, but every time I put the Joy Cons back in, it would make it stop working again. It was very strange and didn't make yeah, any I've, fucking sense. Yeah, I. I convinced that i heard something weird about that where like there were only certain configurations that that game would actually be playable and, yep. and that totally. was not like a problem that people had with it because it, it, i think this why very the fuck much, would you play it without like joy cons and all that sort of stuff it but, very yeah. much seems like if you start the game with it, the joy cons attached it will try and use them basically like i needed to restart the game to get it with the joy cons in for it to then use the touchscreen it was very strange um but yeah, I, I need to I need to play more of that game. I've got a flight coming up, so I'll probably finish that game mm. on that, um, and I'll see how it goes. But man, the art in that game is so good. It's, it's still a, it's still a really special game. Like it's it, still it, something that there's nothing still quite like it. It's, yeah, it's the one thing I will 100 percent give it. Like the up-res that they've done on those DS sprites are really good. Like the art looks nice, and it still yeah. sounds the way it has always sounded. So that's a bit. It's up there. It's up there with games like. Like Jet Set Radio, where there's oh, like, yeah. there's nothing there's nothing really still to this day that's quite like Jet Set Radio or Twilight or anything like that. No, they're they're very much their own thing. Um, so yeah, I've I had a I uh, I've been playing a lot of Super Mario Party. <laughs> oh, you terrible person! Okay. And I'm enjoying it. Well, yeah, I've I've heard this new one's actually like not terrible. So yeah, it's... so I, I took it in a couple of situation so i tried it it was just me and my wife against the ai and we had some fun but did you buy it yeah yeah yeah. oh for god's sake okay and then we had a a, we were doing a charity video game thing in work um and i brought my i I bought it for that actually and then brought it and had a proper four player four player game and that was that was pretty good like it's it's a pretty good version of one of those um with just the right level of random fuckery where you kind of where it's still fun, 
but like the mini games are all pretty solid. There's nothing too bizarre in there. It's just it's a solid one of those games. Yeah, and I'm actually kind of enjoying it, and it's and they they've actually expanded it out in a pretty good way. Where like you've got your standard Mario Party stuff, and then they've also got the soundstage stuff, which is a bunch of like um, rhythm heaven esque like music based games. Sure, which yeah. are pretty good and actually kind of hard, which was the thing that surprised me. Um, and then they've got the other mode, which is they call Partner Panic, or it's, I can't remember. There's but it's basically like it's the same. They basically take the maps that you that you use for for Mario Party, and they basically turn them into a grid system. And then you roll your dice and you have five spaces to move. And then you just draw huh. you just draw a path the same way you would through it with XCOM. Like you sure. just like kind of like, oh, go through these squares and, and um you're still trying to get stars and you're still trying to do all that stuff, but it's like with that free movement, it's interesting. And it's a two on two game as well. Sure. So um I haven't played much of that yet, but that looks that Did looks you have you have you have you won a game of Mario Party yet? I have have you been screwed out of a win in Mario Party? Oh yeah, yet? yeah, multiple times. Okay, yeah. So like, so it's not a Mario Party game. It's not. Oh yeah. Fucking... So like, we were playing the, when we were playing at the charity thing. Uh, guy I was guy I work with was playing, and he was at, he was fourth in the list. And they're like, yeah. the, other, the other thing I've discovered about this compared to what I've seen from other Mario Parties is that you don't get a lot of stars in this game. Like, you will regularly yeah. win. Like, I've only ever played 10, 15 turn games, but. You will only ever get, like, you will win with, like, two or three stars. Like, that's the kind of level we're talking about. And um, he was, he had one star. The rest of us all had two. And I think one person had three. And then he um, took a roll, got to the star with, like, a fantastic, like, rolled maximum he could possibly roll. Got to the star, bought the star. Star moved two spaces away from where he was, and he hit it again yeah. on the same turn. Classic. Yep. And then finished, landed on an item spot, and then got the golden pipe, which will immediately take you to the star again. And yep. I'm like, that sounds ah. like Mario Party. Uh huh. Yeah. Yep. And he was unstoppable at that point. So, yeah. And um, it's not that game is a full price Nintendo game, so it was like yep. fifty quid or whatever it was. So, like, it's definitely one of those games and it's maybe a little bit overpriced but it's also never going to drop in price so nope. um take what you will but it's like it, it is cool to have a thing there that i can just bring out and be like hey let's do a dumb thing with yeah four joycons i would be i would be willing to play a round of it we will when i come up for yes. e3 or whatever that we'll would... probably do that um when you come up um and what also was the other like... thing we were, what was the other thing we were gonna do when i was up at e3 i can't remember oh we're gonna play the quiet man that was quiet it. man uh, at yeah. christmas yeah that's gonna be that's gonna be a fun one um i will say oh, it, re- it really reinforces how good it is because the other thing i did at that charity stream was we played that um what's the name of that bomber man that came out for switch at launch that wasn't great oh yeah i can't remember yeah the one that's got like austin creed and stuff in it yeah, yeah. i can't remember the name but of it. yeah it's, it's good it's got all the characters as well it's got all the the characters are in it yeah um so we did an eight player game of that because we had enough switches there where we had eight joy cons mm. and the the fact that you can pair a joy con with a switch by slotting it and slotting out again is makes that process so much easier than it would be for any other console like it's mm-hmm. it, it always works it's never not worked for us um yeah i just thought i'd like that part of it but um yeah the main thing i want to talk about uh return of the Oberdin came out mm-hmm. as a surprise this week i'd forgotten totally i knew it was coming out soon i'd forgotten it was this week and i just saw the tweet from lucas pope and said hey it's it's out and immediately went home and and streamed a bit of it 
Um, so that's Lucas Pope is has done a bunch of stuff, but is most known for Papers Please in 2013. Yep. The passport stamping him up from from that, which kind of the the, the border control simulator. Yes, the, the the paperwork simulator that's yeah. been seen. Um, I really liked Paper Please. It was a weird thing yeah, at the time. Um, and so Oberdin is, is his new game. It's been, well, 2013, so five years since the last time he put out a big game. And I've been following... Five years the, ago, Jeez. Yeah, I know. Uh, I've been following the development of it for a while. And I played... There's a video on the site of me playing like the GDC build, I think he put out, which is very early. I was just kind of showing off the style and, and what you were doing. Um, so it is a... Oh, God. It is a... It's generally a puzzle game... But it's a puzzle right. game where you are a, a an insurance an insurance company employee in the in eighteen oh six, trying to figure out what happened to the sixty crew of the Oberdin, which is a cargo vessel. So you um, so you you the game starts. You arrive on on the ship and you you have a a fancy looking stopwatch and a book. And you have to basically fill out the book with who all 60 people are, what they look like, and how they all died. And that's the game, is to do this. So you walk around the ship, and there are... It's obviously been a while, because there are bodies, but they are all skeletons. Mm -hmm. So it's obviously like it's been... They've been at sea for a while with these bodies. So you point your stopwatch at the skeleton, and the screen kind of fades out. You get a little bit of dialogue between the characters, and then the screen pops back into existence, frozen at the moment where that person died. So, if so, the, the very first one is somebody's being shot. So you hear a bit of dialogue about the scuffle. They break down a door. Somebody shoots them, and then the explosion brings the screen back, and you're standing right in front of the gun being shot. And you turn around, and you see the guy being shot, and you can wander around, see where everyone is, see who's looking at what. And then once you have done that, you then go back to the book and go, I don't know who this person is, but they were definitely shot. You fill out the book. Right. And sure. then the whole game is basically working your way through the ship. Looking... So it's like a murder mystery thing. It's, where it's totally just... a murder mystery, sure. but, but rather than figuring out who killed one person, it's how 60 people get killed by yeah. each other and other things. Um, it is... Is, there a, is there a spooky element? It there seems is... like a game that... I, I really don't want to go much further than the first 10 minutes sure. of that game because it is a yeah. constant like every every 15 minutes in that game is like a oh fuck right, right. okay um, yeah. but like that is the, they, that, yeah they, they defined that game I can't remember what it was I think I saw this online as like one bit because yeah. it looks like it because it looks like it's been played on like a Game Boy screen, like a dot matrix screen yes. or something so like that. It's a a game, weird style. Game Boy screen is the closest I've got, you, where it's basically one color, but kind of gradations of that. Um yeah. the style of the thing is incredible. Like I was really worried that looking at it, I might it would be kind of exhausting to look at for too long because you have to like there's a lot of detail as well, and there's there is actually texture on stuff, but you kind of have to look for it pretty hard to to and it, i felt like it was gonna exhaust my eyes but actually it's yeah. really nice to look at and i also say like if you want any um insight into the style that the pope's going for in this um the options menu has um i can't remember what the, the actual option is i think it's just like style and it's just like a bunch of old computers so there's like ibm 2007 and like a Commodore, whatever, and it just changes oh, the colors that sure. it uses for the one color. 
Um, and there's some other options in there, but like making it sharp and like reducing the resolution down to what it should be and all this kind of stuff. But st- the standard setup looks looks great. Um, but yeah, it's it's weird where you've got it, it kind of the elements it takes from Papers Please is like you look at by the time you get like halfway through or towards the end of that game, like you're dealing with so many rules and bits of paper and um cross-referencing of stuff and all that like it's you're glad that you have the the book in that game to say like okay here are the rules here's what all these countries are and what their symbols are all this kind of stuff like they have enough information from there for you to do the job but it's just difficult enough where that's the game in this they have introduced a bunch of tools that let you do the thing you need to do and do all the cross-referencing but it's still enough of a hassle where it's still fun to do so like you the only reason you know so you have sketches that an artist did on the ship of like two or three different sketches which basically mm-hmm. show everyone on the ship so all 60 people are, are visible in at least one of those those drawings so if you look at some you look at a body in one of the like frozen time sections and hit y it will show you them on that sketch so it'll show you that this is the person. So you can always look at a body and like cross-reference it and be like, okay, that's definitely that person that I remember from that thing. Okay, sure. sure. Yeah. And then the way you figure out... So you, yeah, so you need... Uh, how did they die? Who killed them? And... Yeah, it's basically... Yeah, it's how did they die and who killed them? And who are they? Is And what's their name? Is the three main things that you need to get. So the right. way you figure that out is... There will be like maybe some the snippets of dialogue from before the the actual moment of death where you'll hear somebody shout a name and you're like okay so that name is in the scene somewhere because they're being shouted mm-hmm. that I just need to figure out which one of them it is and it goes from everything from like somebody shouting at them and insulting them for being like oh you you stupid Dane or whatever it is and you're like ah so this dude's Danish right yeah. and you look through the ship manifest and there's only one guy who's Danish and you're like okay that's gotta be him right has to be him yeah um, and then you get slightly more complicated where you're like there's a scene where somebody's somebody's being shot or speared or whatever and um, you turn around and as part of the commotion of all that happening the two carpenters on the ship have opened their doors and are looking out to see what the fuck's going on and you can go in that door and there's the two carpenters are in there, right? So you're like, okay. Mm-hmm. So you look up the shit's manifest and there's, two, there's a carpenter and a carpenter's mate, but you don't know which one's which. So you then have to take another scene where there's a carpenter there and you'd be like, okay, that has to be that guy because he was on this thing. And, and it's all just this cross-referencing nightmare to figure out all of this. And it is really fun, actually. It is super interesting and... Yeah not at all the game you expect it to be and um, once you get into it it's well worth checking out it's, it's a really really cool idea also mm. like we talk a lot about on this on the site about like the importance of music and and things like that in yeah. games this game it's very does, important this yeah. game does stuff i've never seen a game do with music and sound like it's kind of hard to explain it's better to you know, watch a video or, or watch the proper video we do of it later mm-hmm. but um well, it's tutorializing. Um, so it does the thing where, like, you'll do a... Th- so it, it doesn't hold your hands through the start. Like, you kind of work your own way through the, the first couple of bodies. And then once you get a hand of it, once you go back into the book, it'll go like, okay, 
here's what this bit of the book means, here's what this thing is, you also have these tools, and it does the thing where it like kind of it'll kind of black out the rest of the screen and it'll kind of zoom into a particular part of the book. And every time it does that, it does like a like a straight like a sting. So it'll do it'll zoom in, it'll go bum bum. And then oh, sure. and then you'll advance to the next line of dialogue and it'll do another st- like you're playing the music as you're going through the tutorial and it's mm-hmm. so cool. It's 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 great. And like the moment where you have the stopwatch and you're looking at a body to go into the, the moment of death. I realized this last night while I was playing it. It does this kind of little musical bit as you're going in, but at any point you can hit the button again and cancel it, and that has a different in-time sting for exiting that, like canceling oh, okay. that. Right. Like it's there's so much detail and so much thought being put into every part of this, and it's such a cool thing. Um, I don't know how long it is at all. Like I have zero idea. Like I know that I have. I think I've solved like 15 or 20 people at this point. And it was 60? And it's 60 of them, yeah. Oh, wow, okay. Um, and there's a section that it's very hard to explain, but I, it, from Lucas Pope himself, like, to 100% this game is exceptionally difficult. Like, he, he has said that ah, straight right. up. And, like, some of the, each one of the characters, or each one of the crew members in the book has, like, a difficulty rating above them for how complicated it is to figure out who they hmm. are. So, sure. like, I've done all the ones, so it's basically one, two, or three. So, at this point, I think I've done all the ones and a couple of twos. I haven't touched any of the threes yet, and I have no fucking idea how I'm supposed to figure out who these people are. Um, I was getting, have you, like, have you like seen the threes and attempted it, or have you... So, you don't really, like, you see the threes as you're just going through the, 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 the ship. So, like, you'll see mm. the moment of death, and you'll see, oh, this dude's a level three difficulty... Ah. And it'll be like, I okay, sure. Like I can tell you how he died because that's relatively obvious. But yeah. um, I have no idea who it was that did it because I don't know who they are either at this point. Right. So there's a there's a. So it's, it's actually kind of like a mystery. Oh, totally. So there's a right. there's, there's a thing right now where there's one character that I've seen basically for every chapter of the game. The game's kind of split up into uh, in chapters of like the 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 journey. So like it starts as they're loading cargo at the start. And then the game, or the it chronologically ends with the last person dying, right? But that's yeah. where the game starts. The game starts at the end, and then you work, uh, back, you kind of okay. jump about in time. So you have to work out where in time all of these things are. Um, but there's a character that's been in the entire game since the start, and you see him in every stage right up to the end. And he he's a level one difficulty, so I should know who he is. And there's a bunch of parts of the book I could finish if I figure out who he is, and I cannot figure out who he is, and it's killing me. It's actually killing me. Like I should have all the information theoretically to to solve that. Um, yeah, it's a cool game. It's it's difficult to talk about. Sounds but, pretty interesting. Um, so I've got stream uh, the record of my streams up on the site now, and we'll do a proper run through of it at some point. And um, when I'm yeah, when I'm a bit more confident in it. Um, but yeah, it's very very cool. Yeah. Um, that's all I've got. Do you have anything else? Uh, I do. I don't know if you want to go to break. Um, we will. Yeah, let's take a break now and we'll, we'll sure. come back with that because I don't actually have a lot of news to talk about. So we'll do that. Sure. Uh, I think you have, a, you have some music. For I do. Us. Uh, yeah. So very excited for next week for two reasons uh, because Red Dead Redemption 2 comes out, uh, right. which is going to be a hell of a thing. Uh-huh. Um, but also the sequel to Lethal League comes out next week called Lethal League Blaze. Um, oh, is that? A, I thought it was like a 
remaster or something? No, it's just a complete, oh. complete sequel huh, okay. uh, with re- redesigned visuals that look great and everything and a story mode. And it looks really, really cool. So I'm excited to play that game nice. uh, next week. Uh, so I'm going to play some music from the Lethal League Blaze soundtrack that has actually been uh, released or like the track list has been released. So I've managed to find the track. Um, interestingly enough, that game has tracks from uh, Hideki Nagano- uh, Nagamura in it, who yes. is the composer for Jet Set Radio. Oh, um, huh. And okay. His style of music works so well in Lethal League that I I'm surprised he didn't do something earlier. Um, yep. The track he does for that game is amazing. I'll send it to you as well. Um, but I'm going to do a track, which is a remix of a track from the first game by the same person called Klaus Wien. Okay. Uh, and this is version two of the track Ordinary Days. Cool. Um, so yeah, check the post for links where you can buy that track. And we'll be back with more after this. by Klaus Wien, uh, the remix for Lethal League Blaze uh, soundtrack also featuring Hideki Naganuba, which I'm very excited about. Always going to hear more music from him. That game has some style. There's more 3D in that game than I expected it to look like. Yeah, so it's done, it appears to have done the same thing that Guilty Gear did, where it's Mm. 2D, but it has the 3D models and like pans the camera around. And they've done the, like they've reduced the the animation frame rate so that it looks 2D and that kind of stuff. That's cool. Super cool. Uh, excited we'll to play to that thing that look. next week yep um, but yeah the last thing that I've played uh, which is still baffles me as to why I did this but it's interesting um, is Fist of the North Star Lost Paradise oh did you um, jump into this okay I did yeah so Fist of the North Star Lost Paradise is a, a new open world game basically made by the people that made Yakuza and it is a Yakuza game, but done in the Fist of the North Star universe. That is a uh, that is a hell of a Yakuza game. Like I saw some footage of it, and I was like, "Oh, oh yeah, this is just like there are sub stories. Like the dialogue oh, yeah. system's it's, the it's, same. It is straight just the Yakuza game, except it's Fist of the North Star. Okay. That's the the entire difference. Yeah. Um, so Fist of the North Star was a really old anime from like the eighties, maybe I can't remember I think what it so. was. I'll look it up. Uh, super old, uh, really really dumb and really cool but super old um and i i I think this is just like supposed to be like a not retelling of the story but like a slightly weirder version of it um where you play as sorry sorry, what the manga the manga was from 83 to 88 and the anime was 84 to 87 sure so yeah old, Um, old ass anime 
So yeah, you play as uh, stoic martial arts man Kenshiro uh, as he wanders through the post-apocalyptic wastelands trying to find his um, fiance uh, Yuria. Hey, do you and like lead- do you like characters with exactly one emotion? Yeah, he kind of only has one emotion, um, and yeah, he finds he finds himself in the city of Eden, which is like one of the last few areas of the post-apocalypse where there is like bountiful water and food, so it's like a kind of paradise, hence the name. Uh, and you spend a lot of your time doing a whole bunch of side jobs where you go to places and beat the shit out of people, uh, but because it's Fist and North Star... Um, Kenshiro is the master of this made-up martial art called Hokuto Shinken, which is like, he kills people by channeling energy into specific parts of their body that make them explode, effectively. Yeah, it's it's like a perversion of the chakra thing, right? Yeah, kind of, he calls them meridian points, but yeah. Okay, yeah. um, So if you've seen, you've probably seen the meme by now that's like the the guy he sticks his thumbs by the guy's head and then the head explodes after a few seconds. That's Fist of the North Star. Yeah. Um, the the guy standing there going, ah, da, 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 with the many punches. That's, that's Fist of the North Star. Yeah. Yep. Um, and both of those moves are in this game, uh, which is fantastic because that's basically all you want. Um, and yeah, it's, it is just a straight Yakuza game, except you have this like crazy combat where people just are exploding left and right. And right. it's pretty mental and so, so the thing i liked about the yakuza games was the the well i wouldn't i wouldn't say just the humor but the humor in combination with the yeah. translation does that still mm-hmm. persist so yeah it works it works in a similar way because a lot of the humor came out of uh yakuza about um oh fuck kiryu being this kind of like weird stoic guy sure who doesn't really say a whole lot, thinks a lot of things are really dumb, mm-hmm. and but gets into these kind of like fucking crazy situations. Yep. Um, so that works for the same for Kenshiro, because okay. Kenshiro is also this like kind of like crazy stoic karate master. Mm-hmm. Um, and you end up in situations where like you're uh, like you end up as like a bartender in a nightclub. I've seen um, pictures of this, yeah. That's really good. That's a really, really good minigame side story where, like, you... And it is just, like, man, being a bartender where you're, like, mixing drinks for people and, like, listening to their stories where you get more side quests out of this one side quest that just goes down this infinite rabbit hole. Right. Um, but, like, you... So every drink that gets made has to do one of three things, which is, like, either shake it, stir it, or chip an ice um, sphere to go into the drink. Mm. And each one of those has its own like unique mechanic about how it's accomplished, but it's usually just like repeat activity. Yeah. But he he treats it the same way that he does his martial arts, where it just gets faster and faster and more intense. <laughs> so he's like he's like stirring this thing in a stirrer, and it just gets to the point where it's like a cyclone, and he's like stirring the drink out of the stirrer in midair. Um Wow. It's just mental, like it's insane, and he like mixes stuff at like thirty thousand miles an hour, and yeah. And the best thing about it is like so the um, the classic line from uh, Fist of the North Star is like him 
doing his weird Hokuto Shinken thing, then turn around going, you're already dead, and then the guy explodes. Yeah. Like, that's the line. Uh-huh. He does that in the drinks thing, where he'll do it and present the drink and say a line. Okay. And one of them is like, he gets the drink and presents it and says, you're already drunk. And I'm like, that's fantastic. That's a great line, kids, you know, that's fantastic. So um, does it feel like they're, because like, that, that was the whole dichotomy with, with the Yakuza games was that it was this really dumb side story stuff where you're like, hey, this yeah. guy's got like the first ever mobile phone and you have to charge his battery and all this shit and like mm-hmm. the date and many games and all this kind of stuff. But then that was contrasted by the super serious like yakuza drama of like no these people are getting fucking killed and it's about property and all that like does it still have the serious side of it so yeah the main story is it's very anime where it is like oh really i know (laughs) um where is it is about kenshiro trying to find his fiance because she's been like kidnapped and now he doesn't know where she is after he's done bartending for the day yeah after he's done his bartending after he's been out with his like weird mechanic dude driving a buggy around the wasteland sure. and playing baseball with iron girders and all that stuff like nice. um he gets he, he does this he he is like basically working for the city to try and get information about Uria. Mm. but it it does it does the thing of like all the side stories are mental and the main story is like serious moment serious moment serious moment then an anime fight scene happens that's just fucking ridiculous. Right. And then, and then like, serious moment, serious moment, serious. So it's, like, it's still serious, but it's intercut with these, like, weird fight scenes where, mm-hmm. like, the first, so the first fight scene, like, the first boss fight in the game is against Shin, who was a character in Fist of the North Star. Yep. Um, the guy with, like, long blonde hair. Yes. And you fight him, and it's like a super serious thing because he's the one that's kidnapped Yuria mm. uh, and but it gets to the point where you're both like super powered up like oh is it Ken Shearer says it's like the nine the seven stars of death are yes. shining and he gets his like superpower and Shin gets his superpower and like Shin has like a weird like snake stance so there's a lot of stabbing motions with his hand yep so he does like a super move and goes to stab Kenshiro and he blocks it with his hand but, the, the, but Shin's hand goes straight through Kenshiro's, and Kenshiro just like no sells it as just like a, no, this is fine, and it beats the crap out of him. So wow. it's like there are serious moments, but they're intercut with just like complete anime ridiculousness. Okay. Yeah, where it's like you're like fighting huge fucking demon monsters and like doing like the cross. It's just ridiculous the thing, crazy the, the thing about those is that they're self-serious right like they're they're oh yeah yes, the characters in the moment are yeah. like super like highly trained like martial arts masters doing these like really yeah. ancient That's styles I mean. and yeah um, so it's all super serious wow. to them but it looks ridiculous from the outside sure um so yeah the combat is largely the same as yakuza where it's just kind of this like brawler mm. 3d style thing the difference is that he has his Hokuto Shinken thing, where if I you... Mean, they're just heat actions, right? Essentially. Kind, yeah, they basically are, but it's like you, you, see, you beat up someone enough to where they're weak and then you do a like channeling strike to like get them into a weaker state and mm. then you do your crazy Hokuto Shinken thing. Right. That's a dumb name. Mm-hmm. Like, so you beat up a guy, you channel them, and then you do a move that's like, they get on their knees and you like karate chop them in the head but their mm-hmm. head explodes. Yep. Um... It's called like fucking splitting mountain slash or something. And he does it every single time where he does the move. The screen 
pauses and it comes up with the big name of the move and Kinshiro screams right. it at the top of his voice. Nice. And it's so stupid. Okay. It's, the, it's great. I love it so much. But um, yeah, and then you get into things where it's like, some of the dumbest things you can do in combat are like, um, so you gain the ability to where when you do the channeling strike, you get a, a mini game that's like a, a timing thing where if you hit circle at the right moment, they basically die instantly and just explode. Right. But if you do it, they let out a death scream. It's like just a noise when they're dying. Right. That Kenshiro collects in a book that what? Like he writes, he write, yeah, he writes down the death scream as like a collection. It's one of the collectibles in the game as the different noises people make when they die. Wow. Um, huh. But the best thing about it is when you get a new one, it appears on screen in the big like manga style writing yeah. and then falls to the ground and you can pick it up and beat people to death with their own death scene. And it's Ooh. amazing. Yeah. Okay. Huh. It's so dumb. So you, you end up in fights with like 20 dudes where you kill someone and then pick up their words and beat other people to death with it. It's That's brilliant. Great. Yeah. That's really it's, silly. I like that. Yeah. The, the whole game's just dumb. Like, it's a lot of fun to just sit and like watch it do its thing. Sure. But it's it's really stupid. Cool. Um, but okay. it's fun. I enjoy it a lot. Um, what are you playing on? Yeah, but that's about it. That's, that's kind of all I can say. Is that just out in PlayStation or is that a PC? Thing yeah, well? PlayStation Four. Yeah. Okay, fair PlayStation. Cool. Um, so yeah, I think that's everything. Um, there isn't really a lot of news, but I just very briefly wanted to talk about the, the kind of Rockstar stuff that happened in the lead up to Red Dead Redemption release on Friday, mm-hmm. next Friday. Yeah, next Friday. Wow, my game is close. Also, yep. like that—it was just like yesterday or the day before. Like that game's coming on two discs. If you're buying the yes. physical version, yeah. it's a 99 gig install and requires yep. two discs. It's like holy shit. Um, but I yeah. saw, I saw, I saw a uh, one of those memes that the kids like so much, uh-huh. where it was like. Uh, it was that scene in Revenge of the Sith where Anakin goes and kills all the younglings, mm-hmm. and it was like. The, the, the room had the PlayStation logo on it and all the Younglings' faces were replaced with like major first-party PlayStation titles. And Anakin was Red Dead Redemption 2. Of course. He's just sl- slurring all the installs of the major titles. I've had, the, I've had this thought a couple of times, which is like, what does it say about our generation where a lot of the memes that are created by our generation is about somebody being horrifically killed, mainly yeah, the person true. who's making the meme? Like, that says a lot, I think, about, you know, the issues we have as a generation. But anyway... Um, yeah, so the, the, the kind of story that happened was there was a um, quote from, uh, oh no, who did the interview? New York Magazine um, got a chance to interview one of the Housers, who are the heads of the studio. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I believe think, it was Dan Houser I think it was Dan, yes. Um, so for context for people who don't follow this stuff, Rockstar are... Two bits of background. One is that the Housers do not give interviews. They are very secretive. They don't really do a lot of uh, media publishing from themselves. They kind of let the games do the talking, really, which is both a positive and a negative, kind of. And also, Rockstar have a history of... But I'll get into you from here. So basically, the the, the quote here that, that people pulled out... Um, this is the quote from the New York Magazine article... From Dan. Um, the polishing, rewrites and re-edits Rockstar does are immense. Quote, we were working 100-hour weeks several times in 2018, Dan says. The finished game includes 300,000 lines of animation, 
Uh, th- sorry, 300,000 animations, 500,000 lines of dialogue, and many more lines of code. Even for each Red Dead Redemption 2 trailer and TV commercial, we probably made 70 versions, but the editors may make several hundred. Sam and I yeah. will both make, both make lots of suggestions, as will members of the other team. Mm-hmm. So the thing about that is we, the we were working 100-hour weeks line was the one that kind of got pulled out and, and spread about, yeah. where, which was important for two reasons. One, Rockstar have a history of crunch like this is a well-known thing that happened i think it was vice city at the time was the one that spawned the the rockstar spouse letters for like i haven't seen my significant other in weeks because everyone's crunching permanently on this game there were stories of crunch happening years from a game's release like this generally their their kind of working practices have been highlighted before for not being great yeah so yeah, Rockstar, was, Rockstar are kind of infamous for not having like the best working conditions. Yeah, so if that's your situation, why would you even say the phrase 100-hour weeks? And then, so, yeah. to be, so, they, so Kotaku then asked them to clarify, um, and um, Rockstar sent over a statement attributed to Dan Hauser, um, and the line in here uh, that really got me was... Um, so basically saying that, like, no, I was talking about the senior writing team, who are six people, I think. Yeah. Who were saying they were doing As, Yeah, his, his line was that they don't encourage it and they don't expect anyone to do it. He was referring to specifically the senior writing staff yeah. who so, were like shoring things up and make sure everything was straight. Yeah. I, and I think there was comments about like, that's the way we like to work, but we don't expect other people to do this. But, yeah, something which, like that. Which on surface level, like, okay, sure. Like you're in charge, you work how you want to work. That's fine. But there's a line here. Um, we... Uh, more importantly, this is directly from the quote from the response. We don't obviously don't expect anyone else to work this way across the whole company. So we have some senior people who work very hard purely because they're passionate about a project or their particular work, and we believe that passion shows in the game's release. And I'll jump about the quote: "No one, senior or junior, is ever forced to work hard." That, no, 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 that's a that's a bad way. Of that is that, a yeah. bad statement, right? For two reasons. One, the first of it was like. Um, we have some people who work very hard because they're passionate about a project. Yeah. Now, passionate is a word that needs removed from basically it's, every yeah, tech sector it, job ever. I was going to say, yeah, because that's like, it reinforces the things that you keep hearing about people when they're coming out and talking about their working conditions, where it's like people that you 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 stay behind and you do these 100-hour work weeks because you need to seem like you care and you seem like it's uh, your passion and all that stuff. And it's like, that's people taking advantage of you. Like that's not good. Yeah. You shouldn't be doing that. And especially because it's when it's when it's a job like video games that is um, primarily powered by people who love video games. Right? Mm-hmm. You are in the position there where if you're not quote unquote passionate about it, there are a billion other people who are ready to take your job. Like if you leave, or if you or if you say like, oh no, I'm not, I don't want to work like that. Like I want to work like a reasonable time like there are hundreds of people there ready to take your job because you don't care enough about video games like that's the in- insinuation yeah. that has been about in this industry for since it started kind of or since the big development studio started getting started and um, so passion is a word that needs fucking removed from most dictionaries and it's a it's kind of a it's a red flag for like not just in video games like in the industries i work in like just normal development like Passion is a word that's starting to show red flags when people do that on their like ads and stuff like that. Yeah. So like when you look at ads for like um, startups and uh, like 
companies in San Francisco or New York and all this kind of stuff. You're like, oh, we need somebody who shows a passion for their work. And you're like, ah, does passion means unpaid overtime, right? Yeah. Is that what that actually means? Um, oh, yeah. And then the other statement, no one senior or junior is ever forced to work hard. Like, I don't think he meant what that says. I don't think that was a conscious decision. Yeah. But that kind of statement reinforces the fact that, like, oh, it's cool if you don't want to work hard on this thing that we're paying you for. Like, yeah. that's a bad insinuation for people. That's to- a different, yeah, that is, you should never say that to yeah. people that you pay to do work for you. Like, it's fine if you don't want to work hard because, of course, they work hard. Of course like, you're going to work hard. Like, yeah. yeah you want to take it's pride in things It's your fucking job. You of course you're going to yeah. work hard at it, yeah. Um, and, it, like, every statement that's come out since then, everything they've done since then has been, like, had this cloud hanging over it where I think it was just the tail end of last week, there was an official statement from Rockstar that said to employees, like, we are lifting this, I can't, I don't have the actual quote in front of me, but it was like, oh, we're lifting the, so- the social media ban of you talking about your working conditions. And you're like, okay, like, on the surface, that then lets employees talk about their working conditions, but then they're still employed by Rockstar. And if you yeah. were to come out and said, Rockstar is a shit place to work, like, it, what do you think your chances are of you still having a job? Like, that's a very unfair thing that is purely just a pr move at that point yeah because because all of the stories that people were hearing were are all the stories that people were starting to get um like a lot of outlets were starting to get a lot of outlets did a lot of re- a lot of um investigation into this like kotaku have been doing it for a while i think polygon did a, did a got a bunch of interviews or a bunch of on record statements from people they were one of two things they were either people who don't work for rockstar anymore or people who were only speaking under anonymity that was it you never got somebody who was like, I work here, this is my name, and also here is the... Con-. Like, that just did not yeah. happen. Yeah. So, you know, kind of take that with a grain of salt. But, um, and actually, like, myself, like, Rockstar North are in Edinburgh, right? So I know people... Yeah. I don't know anyone who's directly worked for them, but I know people who know people who have worked for them. And yeah. you get the whole mixed bag, right? You get people who really enjoyed it. You get people who... The stories I heard were mainly from QA to be honest, who yeah, were sure. like, oh no, like, they overworked us and then binned us at the end of the project. Like, that's a general video game thing that is not good, but it's like, that's kind of the expectation at this point. Um, so that's one thing, but like, you totally hear it. But then you look at the the swath of comments they're getting from around the world, where Rockstar has like six studios or something at this point. Like, Rockstar North, obviously in Edinburgh, and then they've got like, I think I've got one in San Diego, and then they've got another one in the US somewhere. I think I've got one in India and one in China, I think. Um, and it seems like the comments that people are getting are, it depends very much which one of those studios you work in, right? Where in the grand scheme of things, the Edinburgh, the Rockstar North studio is relatively good because we have EU working laws sure. that they can't yeah. really skirt. Whereas in the US, like those rules don't exist, right? So... At well, employment and unpaid overtime is totally a thing you can get away with, right? So mm-hmm. God knows what the Indian and Chinese studios are like, where those rules oh, yeah. are different again. So yeah, um, so again, it feels very much like it depends where you are. Um, it was, it was this whole thing was uh, a poignant conversation that all got fed into when everybody was having a larger conversation about like working conditions and. Oh, totally. the, gaming industry and like unionizing and all that stuff so. especially coming this close after the telltale stuff and yeah. it happened during there's some big developer conference um that was going on at the time where like game workers unite was talking and it was like it 
it seemed like a very poorly it seemed like an off-cuff statement that got much much bigger than they anticipated and then couldn't tamp it back down again like it just seems yeah. like it got entirely away from them um so yeah it was a it was an interesting thing to look at and say like no this is 100% still a problem and the normal solutions to solve well the normal um answers to those questions are um not working anymore because people expect better i think so be interesting to see how this goes forward um so the only other thing i wanted to bring up just because it was one of those moments where i had my head in my hands the entire time i was reading it was the playstation name change stuff mm, yeah which happened so they Huh, this was such a weird thing so i saw this on tw- the official like playstation twitter account first right which you would expect right. that that story comes up first but it was like it was like a link to a blog post and it wasn't a very descriptive tweet. And it was like, what the fuck yeah. is this thing? And you click on the thing, it's a blog post saying like, yes, you can, we are in beta right now. You can currently change your PSN name. The fu- so one, this is in beta, which shows how much yeah. of a clusterfuck this thing has been. That the fact yeah. that they are having to trial Yeah, this. like you you explained to me why it is, the or why you think it is the way it is. And it sounds like just as such a terrible decision from the start. Totally. But, so, yeah. like, based on, based on the blog post and based on, like, a lot of the statements that have come out from them, I a lot of people who were thinking like this were basically right, where if you're designing a bit... Of, forget video games, right? If you're designing software with users, right? Yeah. If you want to associate... <laughs> if you're designing a piece of software that with, has users yep, in it. entirely. Okay. In 2018, you build and you need to associate a piece of data with a user for whatever reason. You generate a random ID for that user, just a list of random numbers and letters and some random ID, yeah. and then assign all that data to that ID, which does not yeah. change. Mm-hmm. Because... That then means you can change display names as much as you want and you won't break anything. And because yeah. it's the same ID and you can change what names are allowed and all this kind of stuff. And it's totally fine. Um, what sounds like happened is during the PS3 days when they were building PSN, they made the name the unique ID. So ah, yes. all of your, um, your um, server-side storage um, is associated with that name. Um, all your multiplayer statistics on everyone's so like if you're a call of duty for instance and you're storing server-side statistics and progression for a game it's associated with that name not an id so if you change that name how the fuck do you reassociate all your stuff yeah. right it's a yeah. complete nightmare and again it probably was a i wouldn't say arbitrary decision but it was a decision that was reached 15 years ago no 10 years ago uh, 15 years ago that yeah. is now biting them in the ass pretty badly Yes. So, they have announced that they're going to be able to change this gate, change your name. But, because of the nature of the thing, it is such a clusterfuck that um, it, you actually might, people might think twice about doing it. So, this is from the actual blog post. So, um, where is the actual original? Oh, this is the US one. This has, I think they've changed the wording on this. Now that I look oh. at it. Which is I wouldn't be shocked if they had, but... There was a specific line in there that was... Hold on, let me just very quickly see if I can do this. PSN name change. Because there was a specific line in there that was hilarious. Uh, Blog post. Is this the same blog post? 
Yes, it is. They have totally changed the wording on this. Oh, basically, wow. Okay. But basically, the original post said something along the lines of, we have come up with a solution. We have navigated our way through a solution to find this thing that some players wanted to... Like, it was some players wanted to do. Like, it was such yeah. a, like a business-like statement. Yeah. That they were like, fine, was the kind of overall tone of the whole thing. Um, which I thought was, was really weird. So, the actual details of the thing. So, it's currently in beta. So, select users that have pre-registered for this feature are currently able to do it. So, from the blog post. During the preview program, you'll be able to change your online ID as many times as you want. The first change is free and changes after that will cost um, $9.99 and Canadian yeah. dollars. So, translate that into, into pounds. Um, for PlayStation Plus members, it will cost four ninety nine after the first change. Mm-hmm. Uh, changes to online ID can be made through the settings menu or via the profile page of your PS4. Here's where it starts to get fucky. When you change your online ID, you will have the option to display your previous ID with your new ID so that your friends can recognize you. Once you decide to display your old ID or not, you will not be able to adjust this after completing the online ID change process. That's so weird. So I read that as, if you decide to show your old ID along with your new ID, you will then need to pay again to remove that yeah. afterwards. Yeah. That's how I read that. Yeah, I so yeah, I would see it as when you have this new thing, you have a choice about whether or not to have just your new name or the new name and the old name, and that can't change unless you want to pay to change it again. Again, it's, yes. Yeah. Um, this, so again, from the blog post, this feature is compatible with PS4 games originally published after April 1st, 2018, and a large majority of the most played PS4 games that were released before this date. So again... Your Call of Duty. Is that, so I, I was getting to ask you: Is this because that unique ID thing, which is your name, yeah. is like tied to save data or something like that's, that? Is that the that's one thing that's been floated? Like again, this this is all kind of like it depends what the documentation that you get as a developer for PlayStation development sure. is, yeah. right? If you say this is this, I could get into a whole conversation about APIs and stuff, but basically, like. If the, if the documentation says, here's how you get somebody's name, or here's how you get a unique ID for a person, yeah. like, and you call a function that says, get me the ID for this person, yeah, that can probably change because of the new like underlying changes, sure. and you'll just get a yeah. new ID, and that's fine. If that ID has changed, your again, like your server site, if you have a server site implementation that relies on that, if you have leaderboards, for instance, that rely on that, that's broken, right. because the IDs are now different. If you've been doing some other way of doing it, which there are probably loopholes and stuff like that where you could get that ID out. Yeah. That's also probably broken because your database table has changed or something along those lines. Like, there are a number of ways where if you've been told the contract you have with the PlayStation 4 is you call this thing and you get an ID and then they change that, yes, you're probably going to have to make changes. Probably. Unless your game takes account of it. Um, if you're only ever using the the ID for so, for instance, if you think about like a like a, uh, what's the one um, Street Fighter's got like a like a Capcom ID, right? Yeah. So that's associated with a Capcom ID. You're probably fine because your Capcom ID hasn't changed. Just your PSN display name has changed, so you're probably good. Or you'll have to like reassociate your ID with Capcom or something like that. That's a, there's a doable way of doing that there. Yeah. If you're a Call of Duty, that conversation's been done already. They have patches and stuff probably going. But probably not. Probably for the last game, probably not the games before that. So who knows what that actually means. 
Right, yeah. But if you're a small game from, like, four years ago that has associated with IDs and has a leaderboard, your leaderboards are probably broken. Sure. At, wor- at worst, your leaderboards are broken. Sorry, at best, your leaderboards are broken. At worst, your game doesn't launch anymore. And that's the problem. Where if you don't have proper error cases around, like, oh, this doesn't work anymore, your game crashes, right? And if you're sure, not going to patch yeah. it, that game's now unavailable. And that's the problem. So, um, however, so this is the next line. However, please note, not all games and applications for PS4, PS3, and Vita systems are guaranteed to support the online ID change, and users may occasionally encounter issues or errors in certain games. If you have any reason you experience these issues after changing your ID, you can revert back to your original ID for free at any time. You will only be able to revert this once during the preview program. Mm, Reverting back to an old ID will resolve most issues caused by the ID change. In addition, when this feature officially launches, the list of compatible games published before April 1st, 2018 will be provided on PlayStation for reference... uh, the website for, for reference before you make the change. So mm. the reason why this is in beta is because they don't know what's going to break at this point. Like, sure, yeah. This is very much one of those things which is like, you want this thing, it's going to be difficult and it's going to break shit. This is on you if you want to do this is kind of the thing um, because this is the best they can possibly do. And like, so the, the advantage though is that this is now solved, right? Any game from here on in, 100% solved. This is yes. never going to be a problem. Yeah. It is really just for old games at this point mm-hmm. and yes i have heard things from people saying like oh save data is sometimes associated with a user id so your saves might disappear like i said games might launch you might just not have features you might not be able to play online server-side caches uh, server-side data might be gone like the whole bunch of stuff so sure. once this actually comes out it's gonna be really interesting to see the games that are not compatible see what that see what that does see if people care um, I will say though, you ever want to see the worst parts of the internet? Yeah, <laughs> there are two places you can go. One, YouTube yeah. comments. Yeah. Two, comments on you on PlayStation blog posts. Oh god! Because every single one of them on everything that PlayStation blog ever puts up is, "Hey, when we get that PSM name change?" Every single one yeah. of them, hundred percent. You look on the comments for this one, and it's people going like, "Oh, this is bad. It's going to break my shit." And I'm like. God, like, this is a thing you've been asking for for ages and ages. It's ages. what you wanted. Yeah. But it's not. It's not exactly what they wanted because they wanted... No, every, it's not. They wanted yeah. their cake and eating it and more cake is the reason, yeah. is the thing they wanted. Um, And a lot of people, like I've said many times on here, not understanding how technology works and saying like, oh no, you just need to do it better. It's like, no. Yeah, do, this it, is do, not, do it more. Do, do it more. more of it. Do it less. I literally Do had the a, code better. Yeah. I literally had... Code. I'm not going to say names. I had somebody... Uh, I was, I have... Not me directly, but somebody was told at some point, hey, why do we need to keep writing unit tests? You just need to write code better. Ooh, Fundamental not... misunderstanding of how software gets built yeah. from somebody who has never built software. So that's what these comments are. These are people who do not understand how this works. But yeah. So it's coming, but hey, it might break your shit. Yeah. Um... Yeah, so that's happening. Um, and then just very quickly, Microsoft have announced their streaming service, their Project X Cloud, which is their... Hey, oh, uh, yeah, their game... I was going to say, they already have Mixer. You mean their game streaming service? Their game streaming yeah. service to devices, so Project X Cloud, which is their thing, and they're testing it currently. Um, and they, they... I mean, of course, they say it works, but the people who have tried it said it works the way they yeah. intend it to. 
People um, that tried the um, the Chrome one as well said it also worked. Yeah, so. It, like yeah. So, so Google put out there. Seems like the text there. That's again super dependent on your internet connection. And, yeah, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we'll see. But there there are plenty of videos of people playing Halo Five on tablets and shit, which is sure cool to see. But w- yeah, it really depends on if, if anyone's going to be able to do it right. Microsoft in the position to do it because they have the infrastructure because of their business. Yeah. Like they have data, like they have what? How many data centers did they say they have? They have like hundred data centers across the world and stuff like that. Like they can do it if they wanted to do it. So be interesting to see. It's currently like super um, beta, and there's some people testing it and all this kind of stuff. But be interesting to see how that goes. Um, that's everything I have. I don't know if you've got anything else. Uh, developers are out there with PlayStation Five air quotations kits. Oh or- yeah specs or something uh, i don't so think the def- kits, i think they've got like hey they're they're actively having those conversations which yeah sure we're now sure there is there is going to be there is going to be another playstation yes and it will be a bit of hardware um it yeah. will not be just a streaming thing at this point and soul caliber 6 has dicks in it that's kind of oh all right the, yeah those yeah. gifs are great if you want to go and look up some soul caliber 6 create a character gifs you'll see a whole lot of penises that's kind yep. of how that works um I'll play that game at some point because I really want to see what it's like. Sure. But, uh, I've yeah, heard decent things. I've heard it's a soul game. Yeah, I've heard it's pretty good. If that's your if that's your thing. Um, yep. So, yeah, Red Dead's next week, which I yep. assume you're getting on. Um, yep. I'll be see, on that. Um, I will be, like, I'm away for a large chunk of, um, for one of those two weeks. Um, so I'll be playing some Switch stuff. I kind of want to get into Dead Cells, actually, on Switch. Okay, sure. see what that game looks like. Um I'll be on a plane, so I've got nothing else to do. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's that and Red Dead really is kind of thing, and then pretty um, much, yeah. Games seem to start again. I don't, I don't, I actually don't know what else is still to come after um, Red Dead. I don't think it's very much. Yeah, uh, I mean, I think there's a couple of like November things. Let me just very quickly. So there's Red Dead, uh, Diablo Three for Switch is interesting. Oh, that could be good. That yeah, could be pretty good. Um, oh, and Hitman is the next thing I think. In oh November. yeah, right. That's that's November. Yeah. November, and then yeah, that's kind of it. And then we'll see. Um, but yeah, what we've got coming up? Um, there's an archive of my Oberdin stream that's up right now. Um, I was planning to do another one next week. We'll see how it goes. Uh, our look at the missing will be up next week. Mm-hmm. Um, part three of. Riddle Master Lou, the final part will be up next week as well. For you and Pussy's Fist through his monitor. I'm done. That game's done. Yeah. I know I talked about this yeah. last time, but fuck that game. Um, yeah, so there's stuff stuff happening. Um, and we should maybe, I kind of want to see some of Moonlighter, actually, now that you talked about sure. it. Sure. Yeah. Um, and we may be able to jury rig a way for you to do something with um, Fist of the North Star as well, because I, <laughs> I know how I did it for Yakuza, and we'll see if that works again. Yeah, sure. Um, but yeah, so GameIngineStart.com is the name of the website where you can find all our uh, articles, podcasts, and videos are up there. We are on YouTube.com slash GameIngineStart. If you subscribe there, you'll find us. Uh, subscribe and get notified when we put new videos up. Um, we are on Facebook and Twitter. If you search GameIngineStart, you'll find us there. Podcast at GameIngineStart.com is the email address. And that's us. Um, enjoy whatever you're playing. We will see you in two weeks. Bye-bye. Goodbye.